my first horse. I saved up all my graduation money and uh, drove out to Kansas, and he was a a yearling thoroughbred, and me and my mom drove out there, brought him home, and I stuck him in my basement because I didn't have a barn. <laughs> oh, wow. Because <laughs> he, was, he was still a stallion, and like he was really quiet, but no one would let me board a stallion, so I was like, well, okay. So he just stayed in my basement for about a year. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans. Fall is here and that means winter is on the way. What better way to keep warm than purchasing a Redding Goat jumpsuit? Go to ReddingGoatEquestrian.com and enter MLE40 to receive $40 off your purchase. And as usual, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Cowboy Magic. Karen, what are we highlighting this week? This week, we have the Cowboy Magic Detangler and Shine. Awesome. So, it detangles all types of hair knots, tangles, and dreadlocks instantly, no matter how difficult hair is to manage. The silk protein in Cowboy Magic Detangler and Shine results in a high-reflecting shine after brushing. And... It works on humans too. Well, when I when my mullet gets all tangled <laughs> up, Karen. Yeah, you need and it. It gets naughty. This is what I use. Yeah, this is my secret. <laughs> this is my secret to my anti-tangled mullet. So, but in, in all seriousness, though, it is it is fantastic stuff. Thank you mm-hmm. so much, Cowboy Magic. Get that detangler. You know what it's like. You pull that horse out of the field, and they're all tangled up, and you don't have any time for yeah. that. Do you? Oh yeah. So, let's uh, get some Cowboy Magic detangler and shine, and get to work. So thanks a lot, Cowboy Magic. This is Stephanie Dean from the EMO Equine Insurance Agency with your tip of the week. I'm here to talk about care, custody, and control. Anybody who is a trainer or provides riding instruction or maybe has a barn with a couple of non-doned horses in your care, what I would recommend for anybody that does any kind of training or boarding or anybody who has any non-doned horses in their care, custody, or control. If you are found negligent in some sort of way that causes an injury to that non-doned horse, do you have the right coverage for that? Your typical general liability policy does not pay for injuries that are sustained to a non-doned horse in your care. This is an important endorsement that I would recommend to anybody that has non-doned horses. If you're found negligent in some sort of way that causes injury and that horse needs to be vetted, you have varying limits that you can choose from that would apply per horse. Or if something were to really go awry in a bad accident, you would have a secondary limit that applies for a maximum loss or if more than one horse was injured. There are varying limits depending on the uh, carrier that you go with and the amount of horses that you have on hand also plays a role in this endorsement. Feel free to give me a call. My phone number is 800 347 3552 if you want to further discuss it with me. Quick Fire Questions is brought to you by Equiprism. Get your custom stall guard in your favorite colors by going to Equiprism.com. I'm Rob. And I'm Karen. And Rob, today on the Major League Eventing Podcast, we, yes, have, ma'am. we have a very special guest. Very exciting. Yeah, for very exciting. We have five-star eventer, Elisa Wallace. Elisa, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you very much. This is awesome. Right. But Karen, not only is she 
super popular. She's by popular request. We've had oh, request yeah. after request to get you on the show. So sorry it took so long to those people who have been asking, but you know, at least it's a very busy person. Yep, so. but we got her. <laughs> but we got her. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome, awesome, awesome. So Elisa, if, you know, you guys are traveling all over the place. Uh, can you tell us where you're coming to us from? Uh, well, I just got back home from uh, Lexington, Kentucky, from the Retired Racehorse Project or Makeover, and so yeah, it's been a lot of a lot of traveling, and I'm glad to be home for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Should, well, you just came home with the second place over there, right? Yeah, I was very happy. Um, the horse I had, Crafty Charger, did really well, much higher than my expectations, and uh, finished second in the eventing class. Uh, I actually had two horses slated to go. My other horse, uh, Play Big, I was I was really excited about him. Um, he was actually a half a million dollar horse. He Ooh. sold for as like a two year old, and he won one hundred and fifty thousand at the track and. I got when I got him, he had infected coffin bones and he rebounded from that and has been competing really well in the venting. And then, oh, I don't know, probably two weeks out, he pulled a back shoe and tweaked his extensor tendon. So, purely minor. Like, he's absolutely fine. He's sound, um, but he didn't need to be in work. He needed to have it rested. And so, um, that was a little frustrating and because I was really excited to, because um, I've worked like all year with him. and um, But I was super thrilled with Crafty. He really stepped up to the plate and uh, we had a we had a good, uh, he really matured over the weekend a lot. So is, it was a great weekend. That is oh, awesome. That's awesome. Really cool. We'll talk a little bit more about the retired racehorse project here yeah. in a little bit. Right, Karen? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Elisa, one thing we love to do is we love to hear your origin story. So can you take us back and tell us how you got your start in riding and then into eventing? Uh, well, I really didn't have a choice. Um, my parents, my dad uh, rode and was a trainer, and so did my mom. And my mom rode when she was pregnant with me. And my parents were teenagers when they had me. So um, my dad kind of didn't know any better, I guess, when he had me on a horse doing trot sets with him when I was two. <laughs> and um, I was showing by the time I was four, and so I, I was really blessed that way. Um, and then kind of as things, my parents got divorced, uh, I don't know, when I was like 11 or so, and so um, I had to get a little scrappy with uh, finding horses to ride and such, and so, um, you know, being a working student and just trying to ride anything that I could find, and um yeah, I mean, that was like the early beginnings. And then I bought my, my first horse. I saved up all my graduation money and uh, drove out to Kansas. And he was a, a yearling thoroughbred. And me and my mom drove out there, brought him home, and I stuck him in my basement because I didn't have a barn. <laughs> oh, wow. Because <laughs> he, was, he was still a stallion and like he was really quiet, but no one would let me board a stallion. So I was like, well, okay. So he just. Stayed in my basement for about a year, um, and I I worked in exchange for my dressage trainer that I've known forever. Uh, she lived right next door, and I could work off um, using her arena and alfalfa hay, and then I was able to find a barn right around the corner that I was able to work in exchange for board, and so it kind of happened that way, and um, 
and yeah, so he ended up being my first advanced horse. And again, I, like I was really lucky as a kid to have uh, access to, you know, lots of horses. My dad being the trainer, you know, and me being the trainer's kid, I got to ride all the naughty horses or, you know, all the, not all the pretty show ones. The trainer's <laughs> kid had to get on the, the naughty ones first. So again, I was very blessed that way. And, um, that was kind of like the beginning stages, I guess you could say. Wow. Holy smokes. And were, were you, and my parents, my parents also, they, they bred, we, so we had, um, they bred horses. And so I had early access to, um, training baby horses and watching my dad do that. And, and then I was able to train my first one as an eight, I was eight years old. Um, so, so it's, it's like I said, it's, I was lucky to have it kind of ingrained in me in the beginning. Wow. Holy smokes. Eight years old. No yeah. wonder you're knocking it out of the park. Oh, yeah, right. Retired racers and the Mustang makeovers and things. That's incredible. Yeah. So wow. were you, were you, um, with your graduation money, when you bought your horse, were you like technically out on your own or were you like in business or at that point in time, were you considering yourself a professional at the time or? Um, n- not, not technically. No. I mean, I was just trying to get my, you know, of course, also being the trainer's kid, I, I was like, well, I'm saving up my own money and this is going to be my horse that you know, my dad can't sell or, do, you know, do what trainers need to do. Um, and, and so it was kind of like a, I don't, I don't know. I was 18. I'm doing, I do what I want. <laughs> um, but I, I lived with my mom uh, through college and was able to kind of work. I got, I actually had my first uh, client that I got the connection with the people who, I worked uh, off board from, they hooked me up with uh, my first client, Barbara, who is sad she's passed, but um, she was a very dear uh, person. It was very, um, I don't know what the word is. Um, it just a lasting impression. You know, your, your very first kind of client who sticks with you. So um, that, yeah, I, I mean, like I just, tried to work and make money and ride horses. And I went to college and, um, got my, uh, bachelor's in art and graduated and then kept competing. Wow. So, and what type of trainer was your dad? What, like you mentioned your dad. What type uh, of he grew up doing, uh, some Western events and then he got into, uh, three day eventing through and started training with Nancy Gosh. So, um, down in Noonan, Georgia, and uh, he went all the way up the ranks. He was long-listed for the Olympics in 92 and uh, made it up to the advanced level. And um, so, and it's really fun because we, uh, my dad's pretty much my best friend, so I talk to him almost every day on the phone, and we go and we compete, and he was at the RRP this year because he had a student as well, and so it, it's really nice to kind of uh, – keep it in the family and have that support heck yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome really neat. that's awesome so as we talk about you know we we, we as we kind of progress into now your 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 business and everything like that so you're 
I, I, I don't. I, I, coming up on this interview, I wasn't quite sure how I was going to go, Karen, because there's so <laughs> much to talk about. But you know, you do the the, the Mustang makeovers and the thoroughbred makeovers. And before we talk about the eventing stuff, I can, can we talk about that? Cause I have some questions. Is that okay? Sure. So the Mustangs, um, obviously the thoroughbreds, you're getting them uh, like when you do the retired racehorse project and you're so successful at that, you're getting them and they're off the track and they're already pre-broke. And then the Mustangs are, are, are straight wild when you get them. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and you've taken a Mustang up to the advanced level. Is that correct, too? No, no, just prelim. I haven't oh, got prelim. one up to advanced yet. Oh, okay. I'm working so on it. I'm working on it. Pretty, it's pretty doggone. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'd say that's pretty solid. So, can you? Can you? I'm very curious about. Obviously, you're getting the horses at different stages of their training, but can you? Tell us a little bit about the differences in their their brains and how they work when you train them. Is there much different? Are they similar in any way? Can you tell me? Um, well, Mustangs and thoroughbreds can be very similar. Um, I, I, it was always on the bucket list to train a Mustang, and I I felt like I had a good, you know, a decent foundation with. I always trained problem horses, and and I dealt with off track thoroughbreds as well. So, um. When I came into doing the Mustangs, I was I was kind of not forced into it, but my friend Rebecca Bowman like signed me up and said, <laughs> "You guess what you're doing." Um, and so I was like, "Well, okay, fine." Like I only have young horses right now, and so no time like the present. So uh, there there are a lot of similar. I mean, you know, Mustangs and thoroughbreds are always kind of put down a little bit. They're stereotypes, they're underdogs. Um, and they, uh, the Mustangs, like, especially Fledge, my first, my first Mustang, he just opened my mind. Like, I don't know. He just, they're so incredibly smart. And especially when that horse that was previously wild and, makes that choice to kind of trust you and to be with you there's nothing quite i mean the uh, the similarities can be that same trust that you have in your horse when you're on the five star level and you know it's that same kind of feeling i guess so gotcha um um but they can tend to sometimes you know if you have to go, you can't always do things the same way. Um, every horse is different and, and that's where, where a lot of the Mustangs and, and thoroughbreds are very similar is they're all very different. So, um, each horse, uh, teaches me something new and gives me a new, uh, tool for my toolbox. And that's kind of how and why you get addicted to, to training them is that the, you put in so much work, it can sometimes seem exhausting. But then by the the end, it's just the reward is so amazing. Yeah, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. I think it's great what you're doing, and and everyone you have so many people to follow what you're doing. That's you're like such a great ambassador for for both of the breeds. You know, because you because you highlight them so well. You know, you show you 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 kind of dispel those um, stereotypes that mm-hmm. are. Do you find that the maybe this is a crazy this is probably a crazy question, but do you find that the um the Mustang are they like a herd? Are they more like herd bound type of animals? Do you find that they get like, is that, is that a weird question? That might be a weird question. They live in, the um, in the wild. Yeah, I, 
surprisingly, it seems like the thoroughbreds are more herd bound because really? um, it's more of a it's it's more of a security thing. So, uh, I mean, I have I have some really confident mustangs, and so hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, and they can be so aloof. I mean, Sledge and Rune, they they're happy to be with each other, and they may <laughs> nicker, but then they can go off, you know. So I I found actually the most herd bound horses have been my thoroughbreds, yeah. not the not the Mustang. See, now there's something that I would. But, but again, I think I think that's a confidence issue there, though. That that's a security confidence issue. Interesting. Do you think the Mustangs are are uh, like more confident in themselves because of how they how they how they came up when they were young? Is that what you're? It all depends on the horse. I mean, gotcha. I've got Sledge, who literally like I've had horses completely freak out and lose their mind right next to him, and he doesn't even bat an eyeball and then you've got Eton where you blink wrong and he's gone so I mean it just all just uh, all depends on the horse that is awesome so uh, so so now last weekend was the retired racehorse project and uh, last year you, you won can you tell us like last year how many horses did you have and and then can you tell us about what uh, you know you told us that you brought the one can you tell us a little bit about that competition and and what that's like for you uh, so last year I had two horses reloaded and Sharp Johnny, or uh, we call him, we named him Sharp Decision because I already had my five-star horse that we called Johnny, so we call him Sharpie. <laughs> um, so I had those two horses, and you know they they had competed from I think their first event was in February, and by the time they got to October, they were pretty seasoned. Um, reloaded. Uh, he probably raced like 20 ish times. And then, uh, Sharpie had raced, uh, 61 times. Wow. And I think he's my, my first war horse that I've had like in solid training for a long time. And that horse, he is just a solid worker. I mean, I can probably count uh, probably like five times, you know, we've had kind of a rough ride, but really every day he, he stepped up to the plate and did the work. And, um, so, yeah, I mean, they're both completely different types of horses. And um, so uh, Sharpie ended up being first the first day. And Sniper was, I think, third uh, going into the, oh, we can call him Sniper, Reloaded Sniper. <laughs> um, and then going into the finale. And show jumping has never really been Sharpie's because he's so brave. Uh you know, strongest attribute. So going into the finale, which is basically like a show jump derby, we have a couple of cross country jumps. Um, and so he put in a clean round for me. I asked him to, and he did bless him. Uh, and then sniper had a beautiful round as well, which actually a uh, Rosie's horse this year, uh, the Sanimo, who is a very gorgeous horse. It reminded me actually a lot of sniper has the same big, nice adjustable canter and same kind of jump. Um, and Sharpie ended up fourth, uh, and then, uh, he's done, he's actually moved up to the prelim level this year. And, uh, so he's been a really a fun horse to, to have. I, I managed, I got a, um, the, the owner of Sharpie wanted to sell him. So I was able to get one of my owners, Johnny, uh, Susan Day bought him and has kept him with me and will keep him with me to kind of see how far he goes. Um, so that's, that's been exciting. Awesome. And Sharpie, what's, is Sharpie competing this year? What's, what's Sharpie up to? Yes. So Sharpie has done really well. He, 
um, I was fourth at the prelim championships at the area threes and uh, coming up kind of my next big thing will be uh, the CCI two star long at the Ocala jockey club, which is in the middle part of November. That is, man, Karen, that's a bucket list event for oh, us. Oh, yeah. We haven't yeah. been there. We got to get yeah, there. Yeah, we got to go. It looks awesome. Yeah, you guys got to come. It's awesome. We're, um, it's a really, really fun event. And and I'll have my Mustangs demoing there, too. Oh, oh cool. neat. Now, are you in Ocala? Is, is Ocala home base? Where's home base? So, uh, currently, I have a farm um, that's owned by a very amazing woman, Rosemary Spillane, uh, who has been a very loyal supporter of mine. Uh, and she has a farm here in Jasper. And then um, me and my husband bought a farm in Ocala. And my dad also lives in Ocala. So we will be making the trek down there for the winter, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, and then eventually Ocala will, be, will become the home base. Oh, I love Ocala. Yeah, it's nice. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like Aiken too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's. Uh, basically a horse wonderland down there. Yeah. So. And it's oh, only yeah. getting bigger and bigger. So, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just, it's blowing up down there. It's incredible. Absolutely. Especially with the, the new world equestrian facility going in that they're putting in. So it's, you get really spoiled with everything being like five minutes away. So yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. I love it. Man, I got to get down there again, Karen, hopefully this winter. I don't know. <laughs> I digress. I get thinking about a cow and it's just like, I'm ready to go. But uh, we stay up here year round and I get, I don't know. I don't like the cold. I'm allergic to the cold anymore. That's fun. Yeah, so. no, there's, there's no and snow for me. So <laughs> I, I don't do that. I don't like, I don't appreciate snow. I just like, it's pretty to look at, but I do not like it. And it's tough in Georgia with the snow. Cause it's not like normal snow. It's like, if you drive on it, you'll die snow. So yeah, because of because of all the ice and it's just yeah, I'm I don't want to do that this year. So no, I'm not doing it. It's <laughs> it's no good. So uh, we we like to f- learn about your business and what you have going. So you know we have you have the Mustangs and and the off the track thoroughbreds and you're obviously a five star eventer. You've been to Burley, Kentucky, or an alternate for the for the 2016 Olympics. Um, what, what can you tell us a little bit about your your operation, not just, you know, what you're doing with what we've covered so far, but what is your operation? What type of horses do you have? How many, what type of, you know, do you teach or te- you know, things like that? Um, I, I have thoroughbreds and Mustangs in like an odd warm blood here or there. Um, it's, it's a pretty small operation. And the fact that I tend to, it's, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. So I like to do a lot of things myself, but, um, I also need help. So I have kind of a selected few of people who, um, have a couple of working student girls that are helping me. And, um, but this, this past summer has been a little, a little difficult because I was, I do the, all my barn, like I've got 12, 12 stall barn. And then I was riding six to 10 a day. So, um, yeah, like I said, I, I I have to be better about delegating, um, but uh, I do I do like to teach. I go around the country and teach uh, clinics, which is really fun, and I really enjoy that. Um, and then, I, I, like I said, I teach a handful, but I, I really try to focus on the training of the horses and stuff, and um, 
yeah, that's pretty much. And and then of course I try to vlog it all so people can, um, you know, see kind of the behind the scenes and and see that um, we the professionals have our ups and downs as well. It's it's not always I don't know roses and there's there's been downfalls. I've had and you know horses pass away and I've had failures and all that stuff that comes with horses, as we all know, yeah. the roller coaster ride. Um, so I really try to document it and I, and it's really to me about the horses and the stories that they bring. And, and I, the, my favorite part is when I'm somewhere and a fan will come up and, you know, or they go, that's Munson. And that's just <laughs> awesome. Cause to me, all the horses have the best stories. That's awesome. I love that too. That not, not a lot of riders have that, mentality like you like the the share in the story a lot of a lot of people are much more private so i appreciate that yeah. that part of what you're doing and that you're you're helping you're opening up and and that's kind of like what we do with the podcast is mm-hmm. we try to let people inside the minds of the riders and and see the good and the bad and the the warts and and the victories and all that so <laughs> that's awesome that's yeah fantastic. and i mean there there is a balance sometimes it can be hard because then you're you feel they're like I get burnt out after every makeover and, and especially when I do the Mustang makeovers and I do them like every day. And then by the end, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I can't make like, cause I'm get done. And then I'm probably up until about, I don't know, one or two trying to pump out the the videos. So that it, it can take a toll on you. And so, so there are sometimes you'll see there's like a break in videos and that's because I got a little burnt out, but then, um, or when I'm, I'll be at like this week, I was at the RRP and I'm trying to do the videos and everybody's like, how's Epon doing? When are we going to see a video? And I'm like, oh. hold on, I'm, I'm trying. So there's here. a little bit of that. <laughs> there's a little bit of that pressure sometimes that can kind of like get to you a little bit, but, yeah. um, I really try to balance it out or, or people are like, we want to come stop by your house. And sometimes <laughs> you have to draw. Oh, Draw a little bit of a line. <laughs> You're like, I know we're like friends, but well, just just a little bit. That's funny. So a privacy. <laughs> but I, I definitely I appreciate everyone who follows follows me and all of uh, the horses and the journey. And and you know, like I said, it's everyone makes mistakes, especially me, Lord. <laughs> um, but I just I just think it's important sometimes. So. That's awesome. Now, I think it's great what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That is that is really awesome. And yeah, no no one no one just roll up to Lisa's house, Karen. Right? <laughs> there goes the next. I question. mean, if you do, it's okay. Okay, hi. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and it's very easy for uh, like I think that I think that as a fan, you see videos, and maybe people just aren't even aware that you're actually editing these things and it takes time and effort and work. So maybe, you know, I think that we just, as fans, we forget sometimes like, Oh, wait a minute. She's probably feeding her horse. <laughs> oh, well, well, yeah. And, and again, like I, I, I love it when people come up oh, and, sure. you know, come say hello and, and, um, you know, to see the horses want to take a picture yeah. or like I had, I had a couple of fans come and if you're not careful, I'll put you to work. There you so, go. <laughs> uh, I, I said, heck, will you help fill my ice boots this weekend and had her graze some of my horses. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah, not careful, I'll put you to work. Yeah, <laughs> probably, probably made their day, that's for sure. Yeah, that 
I think that makes people's day too when Absolutely. you get to do stuff like that. Heck yeah, Heck yeah. Who doesn't want to help? <laughs> so, Lisa, we're gonna have a little bit, little bit of fun. We have a segment called Quick Fire Questions. Quick Fire Questions. We're gonna ask you five just random questions, and we do grade you at the end. Very harsh. Okay. Very, very harsh grading system. Yeah, no. Karen's very difficult. I think everyone's got A pluses. So, all right. Do you have any hobbies outside of horses? Uh, no. No. Oh well, artwork. I guess art, but I, yeah, art. Horses. Yeah. <laughs> you, it's art you, with horses. I really you, don't. Okay, you do the artwork. You're an artist, or you you. Dabble? Yes. Okay. okay. I've built life-size horse sculptures before when I was in college. Oh, but wow. that's that has neat. been that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really minimal. Neat. <laughs> <laughs> it counts. All right. So you're traveling all over the place. What is on your radio on these long drives? Oh well. Okay. So I listened to Linus Morissette to keep me up. That was my very first cassette that I ever bought to date myself. <laughs> yeah, nice. uh, no, I like, I like a mix of everything. So, uh, you know, current to the nineties, got to always throw it back a little bit. Throwback. Um, <laughs> or to, um, you know, then like, I don't know, uh, at a, at James is great. Okay. So it's, you know, all different kinds of things. Oh, yeah. So yeah, my, I have, um, a, my playlist is very, very unique. <laughs> it's all over the place. Just all over the place. Awesome. Right. It's all over the place. Isn't, isn't it ironic? Karen? Isn't it ironic? Yeah, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you too. All right. Uh, favorite event to compete at? Oh, well, I'm going to have to say Land Rover, Kentucky. And that's what I'm talking about. That's awesome. That, I mean, I don't know. They're all, all the five stars are pretty amazing, but this, you know, this, that's, that was a big one. And there's just something about Kentucky and being there and, and, um, probably one of my favorite moments, although I have like a million of them was, uh, when I went into the show jump arena, the big Rolex arena and the crowd is like deafening and all you can hear is you're like, barely can hear your thoughts. Like there's, there's just nothing quite like it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's Great really answer. cool. Great answer. All right. Do you have any good luck or superstitions before an event? Um, yes. I I like to wear um, the lucky belt that I have from my um, my first, like I told you guys, Barbara, who was my first client mm-hmm. who passed. Um, so I have a belt that she gave me that I wear and sometimes I forget. I'll be like, ah, oh, I didn't wear my lucky belt. Mm. Um, lucky belt. That's and cool. another, yeah. So, and the other only one that's kind of, I have, um, super, Superman underwear that I like to wear on cross country days. <laughs> underoos. Yeah, underoos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes, some, whatever helps. So, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and then, like, if you have a bad ride, you gotta change up your underwear, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should always change up your underwear. <laughs> Especially after a bad ride. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, exactly. If it's a bad ride, you guarantee I'm changing that. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I awesome. doesn't have my lucky belt. 
So the lucky oh, belt and cool. the lucky Superman gotchies. We call them gotchies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So yep, last that's for sure. Last question: If you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who oh, would it gosh. be? <laughs> Karen's tough. Oh, that's so hard. She zings you right there at the end. Uh there's so many I want to ride, though. I mean, I don't know. Maybe like, well, um, I'm going to go with Allegro. Oh, good yeah, answer. That's, that's a good one. Heck yeah. Well thought out. Because Blueberry would teach me a lot. And he is, a, he is awesome. So, and to like change it up a little bit. Awesome. Yeah. That is fantastic. Yes. Karen, this is gotta be one of our highest grades ever. Oh yeah. A plus plus. 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 Three pluses <laughs> behind the A. Elisa Wallace, you knocked it out of the park. Grand slam. She broke out what type of underwear she's in. I know, I, I mean, know. You on. can't That's, beat that. Can't be more honest. I love it. Thank you so much. Now everyone knows when they see Elisa go. Cross country. Oh Superman god. Underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I love that, it. That's one of my my deep secrets, you guys. She, that's a that's a secret. Nobody there. listens to this podcast. <laughs> nobody, just the three of us. Oh, <laughs> Excellent job by you. Uh, so, Lisa, do you have any advice for someone thinking about doing the retired racehorse project makeover next year? Uh, advice. Well, I would definitely seek out other trainers because it, it's a great network of people. Um, like I have a good support system of trainers. I like to bounce ideas off of, or, um, you know, just, it's just fun to have that, uh, support and, and to also make sure you don't worry about what people post on Facebook. It's easy to get into the Facebook race. Um, and that can be pretty typical of Mustang makeovers too. So people are like, Oh, people, people are riding their horses. If it's a Mustang or people are already showing and cantering, they're off the track, their breads. Like, don't worry about it. Just stay in your lane, ride your horse and listen to your horse. And, Cause every timeline is different and the RRP really is there. It's a, it's a great, it's a really great program, uh, what they've did and how big they've built it. But for me, it's just a little, it, it's a, it's a little goal in the road. Like it's not the end all be all. That's not the end. That's just like the stepping stone to my horses. And it's a great place for them to gain a lot of experience. So I'm always kind of looking for the next thing after the RRP. And I think sometimes people get a little too focused on it. So, um, and it, it's really, it's a really great place. And, uh, like I said, I, it's just, I really found, I've found with my horses. It's, it's a lot. I mean, I sit there and go, wow, my five-star horse was, being naughty right now <laughs> like there's a lot of atmosphere and and it's a great um it's great to be able to have our young horses get to experience that in jumbotrons because you don't really get that until you get up to the higher level right. so it's really i really think they're doing a, a really amazing job of spreading the word for the thoroughbreds and and um people come from all over and and um yeah, it's it's not just the pros either. Like juniors were nipping at my heels this year. That's, that's awesome. for sure. That um, awesome. And the amateurs and the, everybody does such a great job with their horses. So I love that. I love that answer. For a couple of reasons. Number one is that that you said just go at your pace because you know it's it's if you if you can't 
you, you, it's like running a foot race. You can't look at your, your, your quote unquote competition or the people next to you. You're, it's you and your horse and the progress you're making. So like you said, you had a horse that had bad feet and you know, like we all have our setbacks and our, and our triumphs. And, and if you try to rush it, you're just gonna, you need that base. So if you have to put the time in for the base, you know, maybe the other person rushed through the base work. So, you know, some of the fundamentals. So I love that idea that you say, just, just take care of, you know, just work your horse at your pace. That's great. I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah. Good advice. Uh, I found that's what works the best. So um, sometimes we try to push and then we kind of, you know, get kicked in the butt for it later. And sometimes you got to learn the hard way, but, I'm getting old enough now. I have to listen to myself more. So, yeah. and you said Sharpie is the name of your horse you're taking to Ocala. Is that correct? Sharpie, yes. That's Sharp the, decision. Sharp decision. Sharp decision. Mm-hmm. Now, and so I find this amazing. Just I know I'm kind of going back, but sometimes I'm a little slow. Sometimes, Karen. So sometimes <laughs> my brain says, "Whoa, that's really impressive." So this this horse won last year's RRP, which means at that point in time, well, you, he didn't. He didn't win the total thing. He was called back first. He finished fourth. Okay, fourth. Okay, so yeah. fourth place is pretty doggone solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's go. So, but, okay, so fourth place. But to, to basically, up until that point, how long were you riding the, that horse before the last year, before that RRP? Um, well, I started him pretty much right after the cutoff. So December, whatever, is when he started training. Wow, so you had... I guess it would have been nine months of under nine months of training. So now you're mm-hmm. at a, a year and nine months of training and you're doing a two, two star, star long. long. Yeah. That's incredible. I just, you know, just yeah, he did. That. He did really good. Actually his first two star short was in March and he oh. stepped up to the plate and was a very good boy. Wow. Yeah. So I just think that's a testament to, to the, 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 the horse and your training and your work. And that's just incredible. That's, that's really fast. Mm-hmm. How old now? How old is he? Uh, he is eight this year because he was six, six when he came off the track. Gotcha. Six. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Six because he was seven at the makeover and he's eight this year. Yeah, wow. that's right. What nice. an awesome job. Yeah. Congratulations. That's, that's fantastic. We're definitely going to be pulling for you for uh, at Ocala because that is just such a, such an awesome accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fun to follow along and I don't know. I just think it's amazing. So I'm sure everyone. Oh, thanks so much. Everyone thinks it's amazing. I'm like. You know, I'm not saying anything. No one doesn't. You know, everyone knows you, and they know. But I just, uh, I just wanted to tell you. I think that's pretty incredible, and it's inspiring, and it's, and it's just a testament. So, um, uh, I'm lucky. I have, I have some good horses that make me look good. So, yeah, you know how to pick them. The, um, uh, we like to, you know, start winding things down here. We know you've had a crazy long week, and you're just getting from Kentucky. So we don't want to keep you too long. But as we wind down interviews, we always like to find out about. What type of who are your supporters and sponsors that you have behind you? We always like to make sure that those people have a chance to be recognized. So, do you, would you have any uh, sponsors and supporters you'd like to shout out? Oh gosh, I mean, they're going to forget somebody. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got some really great owners uh, and sponsors. So, I've got uh, the Sukups, the Steve and Vicky Sukup, and Susan Day, and uh, Kim and Larry Loveless. Uh, they've been huge supporters of mine and owners. They own Johnny, my, my five-star horse. And then, um, they also own a couple other horses, uh, for me and, um, sponsors are Buckeye nutrition, fabulous feed company. They, my horses always look fantastic. Um, 
And then I also have stress glass, um, Hypona, uh, vet care. Human touch, which is really cool. It's actually a massage thing. It's like amazing because it keeps me all loose. And if our bodies are good, then it helps our horses' bodies. So they're a great sponsor. Um, and I have custom saddlery. They, they do all my saddles for me, so my horses feel great. Uh, and then I have English riding supplies, uh, 1K helmets, and then romp equestrian. So my slick pants and shirts, and I love romp. It's awesome, especially during the summertime. Um, and then I have Soteria safety equipment. So all my vests, which I wear a race face, um, a venting vest, and then my Helite uh, air vest over top. Um and I'm trying to think of who else do I have? A uh, mountain horse and Baroness uh, boots. And I think that's around it. I think so. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, but. <laughs> okay. No, that's cool. That's yeah, you got goes. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot. That's a lot to keep track of. Yeah. Holy yeah I'm, I'm incredibly blessed with some amazing sponsors and owners so that is awesome um, awesome yeah that's fantastic well we can't do it without them yeah you know no. what, I mean? what nope. can we do yeah you, you need them you need some top flight top flight sponsors for sure so as uh as we wind it down again last question is just how do people follow along and then you have that youtube channel that has all those so many thousand subscribers um how do people follow along websites social media and of course the youtube channel oh, then i have my goal to try to hit a hundred thousand this year um, that's my, been my goal for my YouTube. So, uh, if people would like to follow, you can find me on uh, YouTube at Wallace, at the Wallace Eventing handle, as well as Facebook, the Lisa Wallace Eventing and Instagram. Um, so yeah. That's and then I have, uh, WallaceEventing.com as well. WallaceEventing.com. Nice. That's awesome. Super, super job. The, uh, so a hundred thousand. So what are you at right now for subscribers? 75,000. 75, and when's the goal to make a hundred by the like by the, by 2020 or when's your goal? Cause we're going to, we well, I was pretty ambitious. Like I wanted to make it by the end of this year. Um, so I don't know if I'll quite hit, hit it, but, um, we'll see. Oh, that's who I forgot. Jeez. I forgot, uh, eco gold as sponsors. Oh, that's eco gold was actually one of my first big sponsors that I got. And the ironic part of it, all was that they sponsored me for my Mustangs and I did all my stuff bridal, like bareback. <laughs> 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 um, but they've been with me for, um, for the long, they were the, the OG. So eco gold is amazing with their saddle pads. I still have my very first saddle pad I got back in 2009 and it still looks amazing. So wow. that is awesome. 2009. Yeah, is. yeah that's smokes. really good. <laughs> that's some good wear. Yes. That's yeah. Awesome. It's amazing. Have they changed much since 2009? I mean, uh, they they have some new additions, but I mean the product's so amazing, so it didn't really have to change too much. Cool, awesome, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, Lisa, Karen, was this awesome? This or was what? great. This yeah. was fantastic, Lisa. Thank you so much. And, and oh, and before we let you go, the, the, your five star horse. What's so? What's on the? What's what's going on there? Are you having more? You, you got plans upcoming for that one? So this this been a little frustrating. He came out with a bang early on and then he got a, a little bit of 
tendonitis right before uh, Kentucky, so we weren't able to run this year. And um, it wasn't a big deal, pretty minor. And then he managed to cut his leg in Aww. the padded stall he lives in, like his stall. <laughs> in his padded I was stall. like, Johnny, seriously. <laughs> oh. Padded stall. Uh, so, and it's, I've had some, like, it's just been, hasn't healed because it's right over the um, fetlock. And I've had a couple of injuries over that area. And it can be just a pain in the butt. And it has been. So, um, it's taken a little longer than I would have hoped. Uh, so, cause I've had everybody going, where's Johnny? Has he retired? He hasn't retired. He's still dragging me around. <laughs> um, so the aim is to, uh, for Kentucky 2020, sure. that is the goal for him. Okay. So I won't, I won't be running him as much because he has gotten older and I'm saving him for the, the bigger stuff, but, but he is still looking fantastic and, and uh, I'm excited for next year. That's awesome. Oh, great. Awesome. Well, I just wanted to make sure we checked in on Johnny there. Yeah. You know, so I almost, I almost blew it, Karen. I know. As <laughs> usual. Goodness gracious. <sighs> she doesn't, you got to keep me straight, I'm Karen. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, Elisa, thank you so much again. We really, really appreciate it. And we can't wait to see you going to Ocala and then and, and, and Land Rover here in the spring. So, this is fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. You can leave us a review on Apple iTunes or visit us at MajorLeakEventing.com. Cheers.